This is the Chippewa Valley Sports Watch presented by Toys in Ford. Hello everyone, I'm Scott Montesano. So excited to have you join us on a program that highlights the local sports in and around our wonderful region. Coming up in a little bit, we're going to chat with WQOW Sports Director Nick Tabbert, get his thoughts on what's going on with the local sports landscape as not only the football seasons but volleyball winding down in in high school for the regular seasons playoffs around the corner and some thoughts on the blue golds and in just a moment a major local sports announcement so let's not waste any time and round those bases locally Nick Tabber, WQOW Sports Director, was so kind enough to sit down with me via the Zoom a few days ago. We'll get his thoughts on what's going on in the area. He and his lovely wife moved the town just a few years ago during the pandemic, and Nick Tabbert's become as interwoven into the local sports landscape as Daniel Radcliffe will always be tied to Harry Potter. So very excited to chat with Nick Tabbert and get his thoughts. He, like I a quote-unquote outsider but have been in the area long enough to be again stained into what's going on locally like that like that like that terrible marinara stain that's in that carpeting of yours that no matter how many times you go down onto your knees to scratch it out it's just never going to get out you can't get rid of us so a great conversation with nick tabbert wqow does a great job with the local sports coverage and obviously those friday nights especially during the high school football season uh, i would not be surprised if uh, about 11 o'clock at the wqow offices on a friday night if the sports office smells akin to that of a hockey locker room and uh, and soiled towels around and bottles of gatorade as they replenish after a very uh, stressful evening of running around and, and not only are they running around those TV cameras are not nearly as heavy as they were when I was carrying them around 25 years ago, but they're still not as light as a paperback novel. Uh, they, 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 they still got some girth uh, to them. Though, that team definitely earns themselves a pizza and a beer afterwards. So we'll chat with Nick Tabbert about the local sports scene in just a moment. And speaking of the local sports scene, a fun announcement here. And if you've already been following our Facebook page, you know what's coming up. If you follow me on LinkedIn, you've also seen this. Why are you not following Scott Montesano on LinkedIn? But like a box of Cheerios in the pantry, Scott Montesano is always there when it comes to local sports play-by-play. And again, like that box of Cheerios, I can be used for anything. And with that in mind, we are excited to have, with Eau Claire Hometown Media, a partnership that's going to be announced in a few weeks with a new local radio group. And what we'll be doing is bringing a regular schedule of high-level local high school play-by-play of Eau Claire sports back to the local airwaves. This will be very exciting. North and Memorial girls and boys basketball, North and Memorial baseball. There'll be football again next year basketball baseball doing a lot of stuff future plans could include uh, throwing in the occasional volleyball game or girls softball depending on levels of sponsorship and interest and stuff like that but bringing back a regular schedule 
of high-level local high school play-by-play home games and road games. Uh, So this will be a a wonderful addition to the local sports coverage landscape. But this is where it gets to be unique. What is unique is it's not only going to be me out there drizzling the audible chocolate, but we want students to be a part of these broadcasts. We are working with the schools to have students be a part of these broadcasts, occasionally serving as the play-by-play announcer, serving as color commentator, serving as just shadowing, being liaisons on the broadcast, also working with the in-house feeds that already exist for the video broadcasts like Husky TV at North, Old Abe TV at Memorial, having the broadcast be piped through there, providing the local student population with the opportunity to get a taste of what sports broadcasting is to see if it's something that does truly tickle the, the does it tickle the fancy is it something that churns the that churns the motor in the belly of somebody is this something that you want to pursue whether it is as a career or as a hobby sports broadcasting or is it something that you try and realize this is not for me I do not want to do this and sometimes as much as the validation of seeing this really is what I want to do as important as that is is sometimes realizing what we don't want to do moving forward we tend to overlook that a lot Great opportunity here. We're looking for local students to be a part of these broadcasts. So if you know of any student, whether it's a son or daughter of yours or a family friend, send them our way. They don't have to go to North and Memorial. They can go to almost any school in the region as long as they're going to be able to come to the schedule of games that we have, whether they're able to come to one game, whether they're able to come to a bunch of games and help out. This will be their opportunity to get a feel for it. And when it comes to sports broadcasting, it's no different than driver's ed teaching sports broadcasting. It's like driver's ed. There could be some classroom work and you're teaching students how do you go about getting jobs and and some of the track record and history and some of the uh, mechanics, if you will. But at the end of the day, you have to just do it, too. You have to do it. You can only teach parallel parking via a YouTube video so much before somebody actually has to do it and develop the way to connect what you have in your mind to how you're actually doing it physically. And it's the same thing with sports play-by-play. You can tell everybody as many times as you want, how do you memorize names? How do you write down your game sheet? But eventually you have to just do it. You have to see it in front of you. You have to allow things to slow down in front of you. Great opportunity here for the students. This is what's going to make it unique. It's not just me out there calling the games and providing what will be a fun thing for the student athletes themselves, but also bringing something new to the area that has a chance to benefit even more in the local student population because you obviously have the students that are playing football, basketball, baseball, all of that, but you've got a lot of other students that are very much interested in sports as, as well, and here's their opportunity to be a part of what 
is going on. And of course, for some of those athletes, they too want to learn how to do sports broadcasting and there'll be opportunities for them as well. So if you know anyone who's interested, send them our way. Uh, The folks at WOGO in Chippewa Falls do a great job with obviously the Cardinals and with uh, McDonald, but with Eau Claire particular, North and Memorial, the, the retirements of Hayes Callahan and Mike Sullivan in recent years, you have obviously seen a dip. Those two guys did as much sales to make sure those broadcasts could happen as they did the on-air coverage itself. So with Hayes uh, taking a back seat as he's gone older, you lost a lot of girls' basketball coverage, and obviously with Mike Sullivan, a lot of coverage overall of North and uh, Memorial. And we've got these webcasts in the area, some in-house, some done by outside companies, and they're fine. We just think we can do it better with the imaging and the branding and by getting the student bodies involved and working with the schools to be a part of their in-house feeds, whether it's Husky TV, whether it's Old Abe TV, that already uh, exist. Great opportunity. If you know any students, send them our way. And those broadcasts, by the way, will start up with high school basketball in December of uh, this year. And we'll even have a North and Memorial baseball game in May. Next year, the schedule gets going in earnest with uh, football. Speaking of local high school football, you're getting down to, at the time of this recording, later this week, final week of the regular season, and then the playoffs get going the week after that. Eau Claire North still needs at least, uh, Eau Claire North still needs a win to have a shot at the playoffs. Uh, they've got two conference wins. They need another to have three to have a shot to get in, depending on how many qualifiers there are around the around the. Uh, around the state Uh, north has kind of hit a brick wall in the last uh, month so they would need one to have a shot at a playoff spot still a good year for cameron olson on the ground second in the conference in rushing yards uh nearly nearing 800 yards on the ground the oddity for cameron olson and thank goodness nobody (laughs) thank goodness there isn't fantasy football big rivers conference edition If, if you're sitting around at a at a, at, a, at a watering hole like the 5 o'clock bar or whatever in town. I'm trying to think of some old-time 1960s, 1970s era establishment. If you're, you're sitting around Ray's place and you're doing fantasy football drafts of, of high school football in the area, uh, you may, you may want to take a moment there to, to step outside and, and look at your phone and find something else. But uh, Cameron Olson would be the type of person on a Sunday that would frustrate many a fantasy football player. Uh, he's got nearly, nearly 800 yards on the ground, second most in the conference, but the oddity is only three touchdowns. He only has three touchdowns, and that's not as much of a fault of his as it is circumstantial, typically when that happens. But Cameron Olson's been like the Uber driver he drives people to the place, but he doesn't get a chance to go to go to go in. Uh, Memorial. Speaking of uh, high school football, Oakland Memorial. Of course, it's been kind of a down year for them. Nick Tabbert will touch on that here in a moment. They had visions this year of being competing for a playoff spot. Unfortunately, that will not happen for them. Still a good year for quarterback Riley Holmberg. Holmberg leads the Big Rivers Conference with over 1,200 passing yards. That includes 10 touchdown passes 
Tay Ferguson has been his favorite target. Hell of a name right there. Tay Ferguson. That, sound, that sounds like a wide receiver. Tay Ferguson. And then with O'Quare Regis, uh, even, with, even after the adversity that they've had, they're in a position to earn a share of the Clover belt, likely a two or a three seed in the playoffs. So they'll be at home in, in, in the first and likely second rounds of the playoffs. Will the Regis Ramblers, still so many injuries for the Regis Ramblers this year. They've got one last regular season game against Osseo Fairchild. Obviously, Brian Brenner wants the win, but I think Brian Brenner would be very excited. What would get him giddy, what would get him to do a little soft shoe dance, I think, would not only get a win against Osseo Fairchild, but to leave that game with no more dinged up bodies. Because that's been the thing that has really, really hurt Regis this year has been all those injuries uh, to this team. But despite all of that, and this program really facing its first true set of adversity in a couple of years, they have responded very well. And I I was telling people this last week, if Regis goes on and makes a, a nice run in the playoffs, you're going to have to look at a run that Chase Koska made early in that Stanley Boyd game a couple weeks ago. Regis was down 9-0. They were coming off the loss against Mondovi. They were injured. You know, for the first time in a while, the wind's in their face. All right? The, 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 the skies are stormy around Regis. You've got a good Stanley Boyd team that is up 9-0 on Regis, and Right after it became 9-0, Chase Koska gets the ball, goes some 70 yards for a touchdown, and eventually Regis comes back and wins that game. That touchdown by Chase Koska, a big play that you haven't seen as much from Regis this year as people got sort of accustomed to when you had, you know, Xander Rocco and Carson Tate who would simply run over people as though they were semis going over a, a plastic uh, a plastic cone. You got a big run from Chase Koska, sort of exerted a, a dominance from Regis, and then Regis, their defense really played well that second half of the Stanley Boyd game, carried that over to last week against Nielsville-Granton, did a nice job of slowing down the passing game for Nielsville-Granton. Regis, I think what's very impressive, it has not come easy for Regis this year, yet here they are still likely to have a great seed in the playoffs. Uh, staying with football, quickly, blue goal football. They got a win a couple weeks ago against Stevens Point that they needed. Needed a fourth quarter comeback. Needed that game. Got that game. Won it in dramatic fashion when Stevens Point did connect on a game-ending Hail Mary, but uh, the uh, the guy who caught the ball was ruled out of bounds on a very, very close play. But a good win for the blue goals. Got pummeled earlier, though, uh, this weekend by River Falls. Question is, will the Blue Golds pluck someone else? Will they be able to pluck someone else? So they beat Stevens Point, the team that will likely finish below them in the standings anyway. Are they able to pluck, some, pluck somebody else up? The Blue Golds for the last few years, and this is the analogy I always use, they're, at, they're, in, the, they're, they're in the well, and they're trying to get themselves up. Okay, the likes of Whitewater and Lacrosse, they're sitting at the top of the well. They're getting all the sunshine. All right. They're sitting there at the at the, the lip of the well. 
it's sometimes hard to climb out of that well. There's not a lot of footholds on the side. So you got to climb up over the other bodies that are around you to get up there. And the blue golds are standing on top of Stevens Point, pushing them to the bottom of the well. But are there other opponents now? The blue golds can start to grab onto their shoulders and pull themselves up off of them. We'll see if they're able to pluck somebody else here going forward. Uh, staying with the Blue Gold, Blue Gold Volleyball, I had the honor of uh, filling in as the PA announcer on uh, Friday. And uh, like any good substitute teacher, I just wanted to make sure I did not leave a mess uh, for uh, the, the true voice of the Blue Golds, Dave Hansen, when he would get, uh, when he would get back. Uh, you know, uh, The key for a substitute teacher and having done it is at the end of the day, all you want to do is be able to write down a note telling the teacher, tell, telling the teacher that everybody did fine. You don't want to leave. You don't want to have to leave any notes that, you know, Billy was misbehaving or or Susie uh, didn't want to do any work and was crying in the corner. You don't want to have to try to explain away a broken chair. You don't want to expo- you, you don't want to take anything from their desk. You don't <laughs> you don't want to break their 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 desk chair. You don't want to steal any of their pens. You just want to leave it the way that they left him. The same thing I tried to do on Friday night was try to leave it in a position that when Dave Hansen returns uh, in a couple weeks to do the Blue Goal volleyball game, that people aren't running up to him going, dear God, everything got messed up while you were gone. That was my, that was my uh, objective on Friday night. Sometimes the objective in life is to be noticed. Like when you go to the club and you want to peacock a little bit, have the ladies notice you. And then other times you want to, you don't even want people to know you were there. And that was one of those examples on Friday night. I, I wanted to leave Friday night and have people go, who the heck was even here? <laughs> uh, but the Blue Golds on Friday saw them have a five-set thriller against Whitewater. Uh, very fun match uh, to watch. Whitewater, uh, no surprise, like they are in almost every sport. Their volleyball team is dominant. Blue Golds having a what you would consider to be a down year after what they've done for the last uh, five years under Kim Woody. The Blue Gold team this year, though, truly is a churning of the soil over those names that really became household names for a few years with those NCAA tournament runs and the, the Natty title. Some of those athletes kept stayed around for what seemed like 20 years because of the COVID year and whatnot. Some of the some of those players, I'm I'm darn near sure, were, were at a point where they were married with three kids by the time they were graduating. Uh, some some older players on the team were, of course, exaggerating, but now it's turned over. You've got a younger team. The program, though, has established high expectations, similar to men's hockey, softball, the track and field teams. So, to the casual observer in town, you simply expect them to win, and they themselves expect to win and that is a good thing when you set those high expectations we just got done talking about blue goal football blue goal football is trying to establish that culture of winning that identity of winning for a program like blue goal volleyball they're already they're already there which is a very good thing and then when you do see that they lose or they have a year that's around 500 like they are this year it's looked at like a big disappointment and that's a good thing you're able to set high expectations 
for yourself. You want high expectations. You don't want people to be just patting you on the shoulder saying, hey, good try. You want to be doing the best that you can. Well, we'll touch on a little bit of blue-gold sports, a lot of high school sports, though, with Nick Tabbert, the sports director of WQOW. That conversation with him coming up in just a moment on the Chippewa Valley Sports Watch, presented by Toyson Ford. Hi, this is Craig Toyson. And at Toyson Ford, whether it's buying a new vehicle or having your current one repaired, we take customer service very seriously. And a big part of that is making sure that we have the same familiar faces each and every time you visit. We take great pride in the longevity of our staff, and it shows in the kindness and the good care we give each of our customers. But don't take our word for it. Read our reviews online and ask anyone with a Toyson sticker on the back of their car. They'll gladly tell you why you'll find a friend at Toyson Ford. And we continue on with the Chippewa Valley Sports Watch presented by Toyson Four. Chance for us to get another perspective on the local sporting scene. Nick Tabbert, sports director of WQOW, is kind enough to join us and get his perspective, what he has been seeing in the local sporting landscape as we are in fall. Nick, thank, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Hey, honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me on today. And uh, just a reminder here, because it, it's it's one of those things you want to be reminded of. It, it, it still feels like you're the new guy in the area, but you've been around for a while now, uh, you and uh, your, your better half, haven't you? Yes, three years already, which it's just flown by. We moved in the middle of the pandemic and have really settled in. We love Eau Claire. We love the Chippewa Valley. We are so happy to be here. And yeah, three years has gone by in a flash. And the, the the cool thing is for anybody that's involved in, in anything in a community, when you first move into into a town, you hear the stories and you can pick things up pretty quickly. But it's once you hit probably right about now, I, I know it was for me, you hit that third and that fourth year, you start to see all those anecdotes play out in front of you. You've got a, a pretty good feel on the local sports scene now, don't you? I'd like to think so. At News 18, you know, we prioritized local sports, high school, college, amateur, et cetera. So, yeah, we, we're out in the community every week getting to watch all these games firsthand, talking with our teams and our athletes. It's all about relationships, in my opinion, in this business. So we really take pride in trying to uh, be connected with our athletes. Of course, as we talk in fall, a lot of it goes back to high school football. And, you know, in this area, there's a lot of storylines, some of them that have been going on for decades, others that pop up in the course of any season. Let's start off with Regis, a program that's been, well, dominant for a couple of years there and very, very, very good in other years for the last, say, 15, 20 years. What, what are you and your team seeing out of Regis this year? I, I know from my end, I've seen a lot of their games. They they're still very very good. It's just that it's hard to compare them to the to the to obviously last season. Yeah, I don't think it's fair to compare them to last season's team. Uh, that was a squad that probably could have moved up a couple divisions and won the state title. They were just that good. Um, I Scott, I was listening to one of your podcasts a couple days ago, and I think you hit it right on the head. You know, they've got a lot of playmakers, but now they're having to play a full four quarters and win some tight ball games. In my opinion, they're still the team to beat in division seven until somebody knocks them out. 
So I th I'm still very high in Regis. I still think they can win the Clover Belt or a share of it. Um, I think they're going to be dangerous in the playoffs. Uh, I am keeping my eye on Pep and Alma and Bangor and Cashton, though. So it's not like Regis is going to have a cakewalk down to Madison again. But, you know, you have to give a ton of credit to Bryant Brenner and his staff. They've run this system so well for so many years, and, and they are going to be dangerous in the playoffs. I, st I still think they're the team to beat until, until somebody can knock them off. When you're talking about, and we'll focus on some of the bigger schools here in a moment, but what are some of the other, say, smaller schools? I don't want to say they're less talented. That's absolutely not the case. But smaller schools in the area that people should keep an eye on, the, the suburbs, <laughs> if you will. I'm really high on Pep and Elma. I was able to go down to one of their first practices of the season. They bring back basically the entire team, uh, senior-laden roster, new quarterback that is just slinging it. They're playing great defense, scoring a ton of points. Uh, Coach Olson's son is uh, one of the faster kids in western Wisconsin. So I'm really high on Pep and Elma. It's kind of unfortunate that they Bangor, Cashin, and Regis are all in that same bracket on the west side of the state here. And Maybe your state champion, you know, will come out of that foursome and who knows, maybe the state championship game will be played before they even get to Madison. So I'm really high on Pep and Alma. Uh, I think we have to keep an eye on Mondovi. That's uh, subject to debate if you call them a small town or not, but I think they are and, and they're really playing well. Obviously, they had that great season last year, made it down to Madison. They told us at News 18, you know, that's not our legacy. We don't want to be that school that just made it there and lost. They have a lot of kids that were on the sidelines last year, waiting for their chance. And now they're proving it, just how strong they can be. So I think you have to keep an eye on Mondovi. If we go down to eight player, I think McDonald Central really has it rolling right now. That Max team, I think, is going to be pretty hard to stop. That McDonald story is, is a fun one. That's a program that kind of rebuilt itself into that that eight-man football and went through a couple of growing pain years. So it's it's fun to see a program like that sort of reach that competitive level, isn't it? Oh, for sure. And, you know, and they're not just running it, uh, slugging it out. I mean, these guys can sling the ball. They're making plays on special teams, making plays on defense. Uh, yeah, it's been – I've seen them twice in person so far this season, and it's been a, a real treat to watch. And uh, they go about – you know, they handle themselves the right way too. They're very respectful when they talk to us afterward on, for TV interviews and uh, always welcome us out to practice. So – Hard not to root for the Max uh, the way they're playing right now. Uh, if I want to expand, I guess, to a couple other small schools, you know, I think we need to keep an eye on uh, Cumberland and Cameron. They've had really strong seasons so far. Um, kind of interested to see uh, how the Clover Belt, how many teams can get in. <clears throat> Excuse me. Of course, you got Boyceville and Spring Valley. Uh, Kadat has has played well lately, so we'll have to see. Elma Plum City got to throw them in there too. I think. Uh, you're not going to see a lot from the Eau Claire immediate area, but a lot of these small schools like you were alluding to uh, outside of, of Eau Claire here, I think could make deep playoff runs. As you, you mentioned, Pep and Alman a little while ago, there did, did a playoff game of theirs a couple of years ago against Spring Valley. Best uniform combo in the area, I think, Pep and Alma. Those are, those are sleek-looking unis that they have. And by the way, for people that are out there, uh, don't sleep on going to check out a game at Spring Valley if you if you can. That is a, a very unique atmosphere in the area. Mondovi as well, as, as Nick mentioned, uh, that is a community that gets behind its program. And 
I know a couple weeks ago they had that game against Regis at Carson Park, and that was as entertaining of a ball game as one can see, and the energy out of that sideline from Mondovi and the great turnout from the community was very fun uh, to see. Uh, speaking of Carson Park, of course, North and Memorial both call Carson Park home. Nick, what have we seen out of the two city schools? Uh, of course, North is a program that is really starting to separate itself from the losing streak it had had for a few years. It's starting to create a whole new narrative, which is great to see. And the thing about Memorial is even though they haven't had a lot of wins in the last number of years, they, they tend to produce division one and division two talent, which I think catches some people in the area off guard. They, they have the talent, even if they don't have the wins. Yeah. I think you look around the big rivers and there is a lot of talent in this league. Um, I think for Memorial, they just haven't been able to execute uh, they told us at the beginning of the season, we're sick of being average. We want to take that next step. And unfortunately, it looks like it's not going to materialize in terms of wins and losses this season. But uh, Abe's always play hard. Uh, just haven't been able to make those big plays to turn a game uh, to determine a game. North, on the other hand, has been able to do that, right? I mean, they've been able to to rally and, and come back and win a couple games. Uh, finally got over the hump and beat Memorial this season. That was huge for them. They've had just a couple of huge confidence boosting wins in the past few seasons. I really admire what coach McGinnis and his staff have been able to do. And of course they kind of picked up where the previous staff left off, but uh, McGinnis really has the boys uh, uh, focusing, focusing in and, and able to finish games. They've been able to finish games, especially defensively be able to close out games. So I don't know if, if North is going to make the playoffs. They're certainly right on the edge. Uh, need a big win before this regular season's over to uh, to really feel good about it. Um, but it's it's really cool to see North taking some steps forward. Of course, uh, you know, there, there, there's more beyond uh, high school football. This is, I know, a very big area for volleyball. It had the, uh, the, the fun of going to the Memorial North volleyball match a couple weeks ago and uh, great turnout for that memorial got a 3-0 sweep in that one but this is a big area for volleyball i know there are storylines there and what's going on with soccer as well yeah let's start with volleyball first i mean you've had eau claire memorial eau claire Emanuel lutheran ranked bloomer mcdonald central kadat has played well uh, there's going to be a handful of teams from western wisconsin going I think to state again this year and how fortunate are we to to have such great volleyball um, soccer you know Memorial and Hudson appearing to be near the top of the big rivers again um, you know that middle border conferences had some strong teams seems like uh, Cumberland or Barron is always in the mix uh, a little farther north Rice Lake you know they're a perennial playoff deep playoff program uh, a lot of exciting Arcadia was really good last year uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see a couple teams make it down to Milwaukee for state in soccer. And then, of course, going to Green Bay for volleyball. Really exciting time. Uh, you've got tennis, golf, cross country all coming up here with their state championships. It's a really fun time of year. And then uh, moving on to the, the blue goals. I don't think there's anything that's been very uh, surprising in a good way 
for the Blue Golds. Rob Erickson's got a lot of energy around that football team. They've picked up a couple of wins, uh, won a game at Stevens Point that I know very, very, very well they were not winning in the last seven years. Uh, to come from behind and get a, a win there. Men's soccer is showing that last year was definitely not a fluke. The women's soccer team has been competitive. You know volleyball is going to be there. Uh, so, you know, in a way, the way I look at it, Nick, uh, no news is good news <laughs> for, for the Blue Golds. Everything seems to be falling, falling into place as uh, they get ready for the beef of conference play and playoffs towards the end of the month. Yeah, you know, they strive to be top 10 in the Learfield Directors Cup. And, you know, every sport needs to kind of pull its weight if you're going to be near the top of the rankings in Division Three athletics. Um, and what is um, commendable is that they're doing all this with a new athletic director. Jason Verdugo just took the, the job a few months ago, and it's been a very seamless transition in terms of what we're seeing out of the team's uh, in competition. So, yeah, I think I would agree. You know, all these teams are kind of taking care of business and we'll see how many can compete for a, a conference championship or, or make a deep postseason run here. And then before I let you go, Nick, the, the, just the overall feel for the sports community in the area. You, you, you're you're kind of like me in that you get to talk to a bunch of different people on a day-to-day and a week-to-week basis. And between, obviously, what's going on uh, at Valley Sports Academy and Brian's plans for there to the Sonnentag Center to what people have seen at Simpson Field, uh, just the overall growth of facilities in the area uh, I know I, I hear from people all the time. I'm sure you do as well. There, there's a lot of excitement over what's happened and, and what's to come, isn't there? I would agree 100%. You just mentioned, you know, Valley Sports Academy. That's appearing to be a premier facility in the works here that's going to come along. Uh, you know, talk to anybody outside the community and they just uh, are blown away with Carson Park and just the atmosphere that creates. Um we have some very passionate fans in this in this community, of course, and it's just fun to be at sporting events in our community, whether it's a tennis match, a golf match, a cross-country race, or a Blue Golds football game, stout football game. There's just a lot of passionate people in our area, and I think we're very lucky to, to have such high-quality atmospheres and just really engaging atmospheres here in the area. It should be a very fun fall and hopefully roll right into winter. And once again, a big thank you to Nick Tabbard for joining us on the Chippewa Valley Sports Watch. Back with you again in a couple of weeks. At that point in time, we'll be uh, deep into the high school football playoffs. We'll see who is still kicking around at that point in time. Updates on what's going on with the Blue Golds. Probably touch base on what's going on with the Chippewa Steel as well as the Steel have been as hot as a uh, as the as the fire side of an overturned griddle to open up their season, winning five in a row at the time of this recording. But until then, I'm Scott Montesano saying on behalf of everyone who made this broadcast possible, there's a great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. So long, everybody.